Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. Before we get going, we're donning some new gear here, bud. Fresh gear. Comfy. Fresh gear. Tell them about it. Courtesy of the boys at Link Soul, which we talked about last week. And good news, tis the, tis the sleezing. The holiday sleezing is here. Cyber Week holiday sale is kicking off. So we got a 40% off event. Get you a little something extra for being a subpar listener. Starting Friday, they're upping this already unreal deal to 50 percent off your entire order when you check out with the code subpar so go to linksoul.com type in subpar starting friday 50 percent off that's half that's the like gear half. is fresh it's roughly half ballpark half off uh the gear is sweet like we said you can wear it on the golf course it's casual really big news coming too on that colt they have a events they run called the ls2 man starting in 2023 they're kicking off their first event at stream song incredible resort down in florida they do a hell of a job with it with that we're going to be giving away two spots into that two-man event, which is a, a good event to be at. So that stay tuned be. for more details on that. But good time of year to hook up your friends with a little holiday flyness. Yep. Make sure you go to linksold.com. Check that out. I mean, half off. You might as well just buy double everything. That's, that's the logic. I love it. Or triple. And if you get the chance to go to that stream song, oh boy, that's a nice place. Yep. Nice little holiday gift as well. Stay tuned for more details on that. All right. Well, the boys on the PGA Tour get... A very long, what, six weeks of off-season now? Finally. Five weeks? Yeah. This, the season is over. RSM Classic is in the books. Adam Svensson, the Canadian, picks up his first PGA Tour win. This thing was log-jammed. It looked like we are going to have four or five-man playoff. All of a sudden, Adam Svensson doesn't birdie the par 5 15th, but goes through, makes a huge putt on 16 for birdie. Great iron shot in the 17 to make birdie. Ends up having a two-shot lead coming up the last. Yeah, it's a nice way to get your first dub on the PJ Tour. This is a guy, too, that like I played going way back, Canadian Tour with this guy. And there was a group of us at the time we used to kind of say, all right, who's got it? Who's the next guy? Because there's going to be some dudes coming off this tour that go out, get on the PJ Tour, win, have big careers. He was a guy, and he got there right at the tail end of when I was playing. But we saw him, and like to a man, the guys that I kind of did this little game with, like that kid's got it. And I'm honestly, I guess, more – Less surprised that he won the PGA Tour and maybe that it took as long as it did because this guy's game is all around been really good for a long time. And even crazier to think that it's his first win on the PGA Tour. It's his first top five. So he wasn't a guy that was like, like Sahith Tagala was right in the mix this week. Looked like he might be a part of that four-man playoff, right? He's been knocking on the door. He's been close. You kind of get there. You don't win. You learn. The next time you get a little closer, Svensson just said, forget that. First top five, I'll just clip that thing off. Yeah, I never got a chance to play with him when I was still going, but I've always everyone's just raved about his ball striking and how how much potential he has. It's just all about the putter for him. Well, this week there was nobody that putted it better, and he ends up getting a two shot lead. You know, we were looking at his stuff earlier. I believe this was his seventieth event. He's made thirty nine cuts. He's now made right around three point three million dollars. Well, one point five of that was this past week. Half of it basically came this last week, and he's a guy going back. Like now, it's kind of starting to happen for him. I. I really think he's one of these next like Canadian guys that could be a part of the president's cup. Next one's up there in Montreal. If he, you know, hangs around the hoop, he could be a guy that gets picked for that, or maybe just automatically qualifies. Cause the game has been there for a while. Maybe it just takes one to get that domino effect. Like we've seen with some other guys, but in terms of just his all around game and his talent, it's really good. So not a huge surprise that he won, but I, I thought we we're headed for, I was like, this is four way playoff ready to happen. Yeah. It, I, I I'm with you. I mean, they were sitting there at 17 under then all of a sudden, boom, boom, he, he makes those two clutch birdies, but cold as it, shit down there too. Oh my by God, the way, they were beanies. They were shooting these final round scores. Like Svensson finished with a bogey free sixty four. There were some other good digits posted up there. It looked miserable every time I was turning on the TV. Which, by the way, we didn't get to turn on the TV a whole lot this week because uh, we had a bit of an event. But and we'll get to that. Uh -huh, well, there was okay. a little bit of an event, but first, 
Before we get to the Doers moment of the week, this is actually a special moment in whiskey history because Doers is releasing the all-new Doers 12-year-old. Doers has really invested the time to make a truly special Scotch whiskey, like all the time you put in at the range to per- perfect your swing. The new Doers 12-year-old is double-aged and finished in first-fill bourbon casks for a flavor profile full of fruit, vanilla, floral notes, and spice, earning a 94-point rating from Whiskey Cast and a 93-point rating from Whiskey Advocate. Give it a swing, and please enjoy responsibly. It's now time for the Doers Moment of the Week. and Yes, Liz? Let's do it. It, it happened. If you're, if you're watching on video, I got a new little piece of jewelry. Look how yeah, heavy that hand is. That's oh, a, my you God. Got an it only weighs two ounces, but it's an anchor, isn't it? It is. Oh. Wow. But we, um, That's heavy metal. We, we got amongst it this weekend, as oh. we like to say. Throats are not doing great. No, but, man, it was so much fun. <clears throat> Lucky enough to marry to my now wife. It's weird saying that. Yeah, get used to that. Yeah, Natalie. Um, we, we put on a show. Friday night, welcome party, into Saturday. It was one hell of a time. I mean, everybody that came out can't thank you enough, but... And it went even better than I think I ever could have hoped for. It was, I love weddings. Everyone's happy. Everyone gets after it a good bit. This one was spectacular from the start to the rehearsal to the pre-gaming before the wedding uh, on Saturday. All the way into, we got to give a special tip of the cap to a loyal, very loyal listener, Mm. Mr. Peter Tomasulo. The reverend. The reverend who became an ordained minister so he could be the officiant at your wedding, which goes to show you. You can be anything you want to be in this <laughs> life. If Peter Tomasulo could be a reverend, then I'm not convinced I can't be the tooth fairy if I want to be. I mean, he's up there. I'm watching him go. By the way, he was more nervous than anything he's ever done in his life. Got out the gates with a little stumble early on the very, what was it, first sentence, the intro? You got that? You remember what he said? Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Peter Tomasulo. And for those of you that do know me, I'm Peter Tomasulo. I'm Peter Tomasulo. Yep. Sure, right, sure. Thanks for clarifying that there, yes. Rev. All right. But Proceed. Was, you know, I... Natalie and I asked him to do it. He's one of my best friends in the world. He had never done this before. He's like, I'd be honored to do it, though. And I was like, and as you mentioned, his nerves. Saturday morning, sitting at the house. We were all watching football. He was sitting in the corner over by himself. And I was like, this dude's nervous. It was like a pitcher on a perfect game. I was like, no one talked to Pete. He is locked in. Had his notes, by the way. Did you see his notes? Because he was like, you read the thing, right? His handwriting, I was like, you could hand that to anyone else in here and they couldn't get it. It's just straight chicken. <laughs> I was like, you didn't think maybe type this thing up might be a little bit easier. So you don't have to, if you wrote a word sloppy, you don't stumble over it. He had a handwritten and it was just, it looked like Arabic. I told him before, I was like, listen, Peter, just calm down, relax. You're going to be fine. It's like 260 people. No big deal. Just the and, biggest day of their lives. Yeah. If you fuck it up, you'll just forever be At, butchered what, for it. As what friends do. Uh, that's what we said. If you fuck it up, we'll never let you forget about mm-hmm. it. So just relax and go have fun. See you out there. After that first sentence, I looked at him and was like, oh, boy. There we go. He was so awesome. Great. He was thoughtful. He was funny. Took a little shot at our man Charles Barkley, which was great. Took yeah. a few shots at me. Uh, but, man, it was so much fun. Even the golf Friday. Organizing 25 of you idiots is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, but everything went I can't so believe great. that worked, actually. That group of people out there. Right, here's when you show up. Here's when we're going to tee off. There was really no, there was no no-shows. Or know anyone super late. At what point do I tell our wonderful owner at Whisperock and Silverleaf that I, don't, I have no interest in paying the bill from this this month? I think uh, I think if you just don't pay it, that's what I do a lot. They'll okay. give you like six months of leeway before you get the email. Like, hey, dude, uh, you've charged you some things. Do you want to pay? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to still be a member? And that's when I typically be like, oh, you guys are serious about that. All right, stand by. Man, but seriously, it, it was so much fun. I'm so lucky. I'm glad you were there experience it you put on a hell of a show yourself i i played to the whistle dude did i not play to the whistle a lot of people did i might 
have, well, let's just say the first dance of the night, Diane McCord, mm-hmm. who was right there. I was talking with Gary. She's like, first dance, first time the music plays, you and I are going out there. I was like, you got it, babe. Whatever you want. I was like, buckle up. I get wild out there. Sure enough, first note comes, grabs me by my tie, yanks me out there. We're right in front of Gary, and we we got nasty. <laughs> we, we got nasty. filthy. I was looking at Gary. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is an aggressive woman you have here. I've never I'm been more all tuned up. Never you, been more aroused. I was like, take my wife, get her out of here. She's not gonna like what's going on right here. But we we had a time, dude. And congratulations to you. It was fun to be a part of it. That was a hell of a wedding. Hell of a wedding. I'm struggling. Um, <laughs> we'll continue to struggle. Thank God it's some holidays right now to get out of it. Um, I'll give you my doers moment of the week, which ties into the deal. Obviously, Saturday morning we come over. Mm. Rehearsal dinner the night before. So we're getting IVs. By the way, it touched me. Tip of you the like cap that? for the IVs. Yeah. Game changer. Because we had a big night that night, too. We're sitting there. Well, my boys are on. TCU Baylor. And I, as you know, watch games alone. Because mm-hmm. I want to only be around people that care as much as I do, which is an unhealthy amount. So I always watch all of them by myself. For this, I'm like, well, I got to be there for this. It's second half. It's close. I'm sitting next to Gary Woodland, who, by the way, there's not a more of an energy suck, just a negative wet blanket the whole time. Talking about how we're going to lose. Oh, that should be a penalty flag. All this shit took all my positivity, all my mojo to, to get us through that game with the game winning field goal where I went ape shit after that. Rubbed it in Gary's face. But that's a tough environment for a guy like me to to watch my boys potentially lose their perfect season, which we did. And shout out Griffin Kell. That's the moment of the week with the walk off field goal to clip those boys that was a hell of a game i really enjoyed watching you freak out i thought you're gonna have a heart attack in my living room but gary okay listen i've known the man for a long time he is the absolute worst to watch your team with because he doesn't care he he wants them to lose and he loves rooting against you he loves fucking with you i mean it's it's entertaining now looking back on it since y'all won. now it's great and it was fun yeah. i would kill them otherwise he was just giving it to you and i was just crying when i was laughing. running around the room after the field goal going ape shit and then he yells flag Yep. I almost had a heart. I was like, no, don't. <laughs> and then I saw that it wasn't true. I was like, you, you dirty dog. But congrats to your boys. They're hanging, hanging in there. Hanging tough. College dude, football week playoffs. by week. We would love a 40 to 7 type of a game eventually, but we're not getting them. What are you going to do? Hair's, hair's getting grayer and grayer. Oh, my God. There's a lot of stress. <laughs> I'm aging like a dog right now. All right. Well, let's get to our interview this week. This okay. was a fun one. We were lucky enough to host a panel out at the Golf's Top 100 Teacher Summit here in Scottsdale, over at Top Golf, Some of the best teachers from all across the country were here, and we got to host a panel with the great Michael Phelps, Jim Bones Mackay, Parker McLaughlin, the short game chef, mm-hmm. and Timmy Clark, the little South African. It was a hell of a, bo- a panel, wasn't it? It was awesome. You know, we went up there, just started asking a few questions. Um, they started asking questions, went out of the crowd. It was great. This is a really fun interview. Michael Phelps was having a good time. Uh, Phelps is a guy that everyone says, like, tough nut to crack. You know what I mean? Like, he could be a little standoffish, things like that. We got we got him going. And I would, we, when we went in the crowd, we opened it up to the gallery, like to, the you know, the fans, whatever you want to call it, to ask questions. And it was hard to hear back there because the speakers were up front, like for us. Every time I looked up, Mike was just still going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, Mike seems to be comfortable in here. So uh, it was a hell of a panel. That's a good crew, kind of eclectic crew, different different careers, different sports, all that. But, um, yeah, that was fun. That was right before the wedding week, too. Yep. All right, well, here it is. Enjoy. All right, all right, let's get this thing started here. Everyone get a drink, get ready, and welcome to the 8AM Golf.com Instructors Summit. I am Drew Stoltz. He is Colt Nose. We'll be your host this evening. Before we get started, a big thank you to 8AM and Howard Milstein for putting this event on. Let's give him a round of applause. 
Also, a huge personal thank you to uh, Justin Timberlake for being here today. Uh, I've been with my wife 12 years, and until earlier this afternoon, she didn't give a shit about golf ever. And all of a sudden, about 1 p.m. today, she really got into golf and had to be here. So thanks for growing the game, dog. Appreciate you. You're doing God's work. She doesn't know where the Masters is played, but she had to be here tonight at the Instructor's Summit to learn about golf. All right. Colt, why don't you go ahead and introduce our fine panel this eve. Well, first off, I would like to say how cool it is to have over 100 of the best instructors in the country. I think you fired about 52 of them. They couldn't help. Okay. Worthless. Worthless. Gang, I love you all. But seriously, we got an absolute legend sitting next to me right here. Jim Bones Mackay does it all. Caddy, TV. Currently on the bag for Justin Thomas. Tough job you got. Yep. And then the man next to him, I don't think... Needs an introduction one bit. We got Michael Phelps sitting over here. Now these other two we might have a problem with. <laughs> we got a two-time PGA Tour winner, Tim Clark, in the building. And the short game chef, PGA Tour winner, now a very well-known short game instructor, Parker McLaughlin. All right, my job's done. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Before we get started, what do we all think about the new hairdo from our guy Mike Gee, right here? You really couldn't, Mikey, you couldn't hold back. Talk huh? to me. What is this? How do you, what do you call this? Now you're giving me shit. You were telling me to, to, to tighten it up. Now you're telling me, like, what's going on here? I think it's here? not extreme enough. No? No, I think you got to go more, It's dude. like really like Brad Pitt fury. Yeah, we just like, got to go there. Yeah, a little Mr. Miyagi vibe. You're really under the radar that, with that's that. That's what Fuji says. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you put that... Man bun with Tim's mustache. I had one. Mm. I actually had a nice one. That's a walking amber alert. Children would not be allowed at this event. <laughs> Nicole said, "Grow the grow the full one back." I think my phone just vibrated. Hold on. Yep, amber alert. Oh, alert at, at Top Golf. All right, what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask some questions to all these guys. But really, what we want to do is open it up to you all. You got some of the best in the business at everything they do. So we're gonna ask a few questions. If at any point you got some questions for the for the boys, we're gonna walk around with the mic and you got full access to some of the best to ever do it. So with that being said, let's get started. Anybody got any questions? Yeah. No, let's start with you, Michael, though, because obviously we, we know golf is not your first sport, but you have become obsessed with the game. Tell us, you know, what you love about the game of golf and, you know, what's, what's it like for you getting out there and teeing it up? Because you play alongside some of the best players in the world. It's frustrating. Um, and I honestly think it's because I did something for, you know, two plus decades where I had great success and now I'm out there and I literally struggle on top of countless shots and it's not, it's not necessarily form, which sometimes it is, but it's more of really what's in between my head. So how can I get back to neutral? And that's like in the pool or behind the block, it was something that was so simple because I practice it every single day. Um, but I feel like the more that I am hitting a golf ball, um, I don't want to say the easier it gets, but the more confident I am, um, the more relaxed I am, the more I'm able just to be me and play the shots that I play. Is it humbling to go from like the best in the world, that best to ever do it, to, uh, to go and just start at zero? And then you really? have the balls, though. You have the balls to get out at I mean, 16 and hit the shot at glory. Oh, I mean, is that, is that a real question? Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, fuck. Egos are a weird thing. It's hard as hell. But, like, 
I, I just love the game. Like I just like that's that's the dead honest truth. Like I'm just obsessed with the game. And and um, look, like I you know competition for me has been. I don't want to say easy, but it has been because of the preparation that I've put into my respective sport. Um, so when I'm, you know, put at 16 in front of 30,000 people and they're booing you or they're screaming or they're hammered and you have no fucking clue what they're saying, mm-hmm. um, you just try to relax. But it is really hard. My, hand are, my, my hands are shaking when I'm putting the tea in the ground when as soon as I walk through that tunnel because it's the adrenaline. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could ramble for days. Well, I'm, I'm actually glad you said adrenaline because I think the man sitting next to me has seen it up close and personal more than anyone oh, over his oh. career. And I think that's one thing for all the teachers out there. I think, you know, you can't really explain how to handle it until you're actually in the position. So you caddy for Justin Thomas, one of the best in the world. At what point in a round or, or does he do anything where you know, like, hey, the adrenaline's kicking in. I got to allow for this a little bit. Um, it was a big thing with Mickelson, the 25 years I worked for him. Uh, on those occasions that he had a chance to win the Masters, we would just throw everything out the window in terms of how far he hit the ball. And, you know, you get to 15 and it's 70 degrees and, you know, it's very kind of light air and he's got a chance to win the Masters and all of a sudden his eight iron's going 17 yards further than it should. So, you know, you just have to plug that in and hopefully learn your guy. You know, Justin's a little bit more... Um, normal, if you will, in terms of not feeling that kind of excitement in his body and his numbers being what they would be on Wednesday at the Phoenix Open. So it was a big thing with Phil, lots of adrenaline, and uh, Justin's just wired a little differently. What's it like to go from a guy that pretty much went for everything his entire career, and for you, I assume you had to relearn the art of the punch-out? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's an option. Yeah, my ulcer's doing better, so it's... Um, <laughs> No, it's, you know, you know, that was part of what made Phil great. And he was very unapologetic about it and said, this is the way I'm going to play. And if you don't like it, go watch somebody else. And, and that's great. He, you know, he was a very authentic guy in that respect. So, but Justin's a little more buttoned up. He's played a lot of golf with Tiger, you know, young, you know, when he was in his early 20s. And I think, you know, that relationship has had an effect on ultimately how Justin goes about his business on the golf course. Uh, so a pretty good mentor to have. Um, but uh you know, when it comes time, he's not afraid to kind of let it fly, drive a green, things along those lines. And he's got some go. A little bit. But, Tim, you know, we got all these great instructors here, and you might be one of the most feel players I've ever come across. Tell some of the teachers out there, like, kind of your preparation getting ready for a tournament. Well, uh, growing up uh, in South Africa in a small little town, there weren't too many golf instructors around. So the closest thing I came to a lesson was my father who was a 14 handicap telling me how to hold the club, right? Um, needless to say, I never had an instructor my entire career. So um, I'm quite proud of that. I, I don't like to put anyone out of a job, but... Uh, <laughs> um, so all hundred of you, you're worthless is what Tim <laughs> said. But um, I think just for me, I learned the game on my own. You know, I hit so many balls as a young kid, uh, probably from the age of six, maybe even younger, I was at the golf course every day, and I figured out... A swing and it certainly wasn't a pretty swing it wasn't a technically sound well actually it was pretty sound but um you know if i looked at it i probably saw my swing on a video for the first time i was 18 or 19 years old you know and i i nearly had a heart attack right but um i made it work and i think for me having hit so many balls i didn't need the perfect swing it it could be off on some days and i'd still be able to figure out how to 
how to play. Um, so my philosophy on the game is quite different uh, to a lot of guys. You know, I think they would love to hear the story because you shared it on our podcast. But you won the Players' Championship, one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world. Take us through 17, which everyone here knows, one of the most iconic holes that we see all year. Take us through that tee shot on 17 when you had a chance to win the Players. Yeah, and you've heard the story a few times, but... Um, you know, at that point, I'd never, I hadn't won on tour yet. I'd been on the tour for 10 or 11 years or so, and um, at that point, I'd pretty much resigned to the fact I'm, I'm never going to win, right? And um, I get on 17, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm in the hunt. I'm pretty close. I'm trying as hard as I can not to look at a leaderboard. And uh, I've got to tee the ball on the ground, and I, I almost fell over. <laughs> you talk about the, the shaking hands. I, my head felt like... Uh, the jack-in-the-box guy, right? You know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> so I managed to, get, I managed to get it in the in, in the in the ground. And I'm discussing with my caddy what club we're going to hit, and I think I asked him about five or six times. You know, you think you think that's a nine-nine, you, you know, you think it's a nine-nine, and I'm. Eventually, I get over the ball, and now I'm, it's going through my head like, what has to move to get this club going back? You know, do I? How do I normally do this? Uh, I've kind of lost all sort of feel, all consciousness at this point. And I remember the last thing I said to myself is, you've hit hundreds of thousands of golf balls, just swing the club. You know, I think I told you guys this, if, if I'd had a swing thought at that moment, I would have probably missed the ball. It was just a case of get the club moving. And once I got the club moving, it actually just, it all clicked into place. But it's that's just the, the game the mind plays with you. You know, it's... Um, yeah, that's the art of professional golf is trying to deal with those emotions deal with that adrenaline and um, I didn't do a very good job of it before hitting the golf shot but once I got that shot out of the way I was back down to calm and, and from then on actually felt really good about it Speaking of not having any feel Parker, you work with guys that don't have any feel every day It's your new job You went from PGA Tour winner Now you're one of the most respected short game guys on the PGA Tour You're known as the short game chef on all social media outlets Give us how you came into the name Short Game Chef and what it's like going from playing to now being on the coaching side. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of just a whim. Um, you know, every shot around the green has a type of recipe that you've got to use, right? You've got to open the face up or do something with the shaft, uh, release your hands a certain way. And so I said, well, every shot's got a recipe. Every shot's got ingredients that you've got to have to hit a high, low spinner, whatever it might be. Um, and so I was like, I, I want to be the short game chef. And <laughs> so I'm giving out recipes all day. I'm just did glad you, you admitted it's self-proclaimed nickname. I love no one that. gave it There's to you. There's nothing wrong you with that, came dude. Up no, with it. If you leave it Perfect. up to other people, they're all idiots. You know what I mean? Come up with your own. Do you think you made more money winning on the PJ Tour, or are you going to make from Charlie V trying to fix that disaster of a short game? <laughs> I think it was probably roughly a million you got. i got to figure he's good for two or three. What do you do with someone like that? When you're like, yeah, you just got to time your flinch. You're fucking up. Your, your flinch is too early, dude. You got to get it right there at the bottom. No, I've been lucky to help uh, like 25. Look at him. He can't even yeah. always drink. 25 people I've helped out of the chipping yip. So, Charlie V, I got you. Um, but, yeah, you know, you see it more and more these days with the, the, the lives are being cut so tight. The agronomy is so good. The grass is tight. And people are forced to chip it from these, you know, little swales that Phil Mickelson creates on the lower course. So, so then, like, basically, how do you... I guess I ask everybody here, how do you teach somebody to get up behind the ball and not give a shit? 
That's part of it. Right, like, drinks. Part, part of part of its technique and part of it is, is right mental. because like right like repetitions. It's the highest form of learning. So like, how can you get somebody to get like to get behind a ball? Yeah, like I'm one of those people. Like I travel to Florida and I'm dead. <laughs> the lies, no good. I'm dead, done. And I just I chunk everything. So it's like, how do you like how do you just get somebody to get up behind the ball and just like I said, who cares? Just go. Well, for $250 an hour, you can learn, Michael. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm giving you, like, I don't know, like, it's a question that I have. Like, you can buy a package of four for 900 though, Ooh, <laughs> right now. There you go. Serious question, though, Parker, because not to just call out our Whisper Out guys, but that's the only people I know here, but we've got Charlie V, who's not the greatest chipper, and then our wonderful director of golf, Trent Rathburn, over there. You had to get one of them to get the ball up and down to save your life. Who are you going with? Or you could just kill yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you give me an hour with each of them, I can give you a good answer. But no, no, I no. Think I can... It's like right now, right, now. <laughs> right here, up and down for your life. Who are you if, going with? If you had an hour with each of them, I'll who would Trent. you take? I'll take I'll take Trent just because I feel like he has. Go blue. I feel and like he's you're got, dead. He's got Go the blue. pedigree. Charlie V is a much better tipper. Here's the question for a teacher, because obviously you need business, you need guys to need you to fix them and things like that. Is there some sort of incentive to not ever really fix them fully? That's the problem. It's like a guy that gets sick always coming back to the doctor. Like, you need to get yeah. sick for doctors to make money. That's, the, that's been the problem I've noticed yeah. is that I fix people too Why? quick and they don't come back. <laughs> Why? You can't fix them all the way. Be like, yep, you're good. I'll never see you again. I can't afford my house now. See you later. No, you get you give them little bits at a time, right? You give them 10% at a time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I try to fix people 10%. the entire way. Like, my goal is not to see them week after week. I don't want to do that. I want to fix them, get them going so that they can own it, and they, they go play in the tournament. But everybody But doesn't everybody learn differently, though? So, like, right? Like, everybody's going to grasp things differently than... Right? So I like, think, I think like, one of the great things about being a teacher, and these guys out here will know it, is you have to say the same shit nine different ways because you never know how someone's going to interpret it. Or 100. It. Yeah. Try 100. Yeah. Literally, exactly. try 100. Like, every single person is different. I had one coach for 20-plus years. The reason why? He got into my head the perfect way that it, it, it all made sense. Give us an idea of you on the starting block. How many thoughts are going through your head? Zero. First on the tee. Okay. First on, there's none, on the there's tee. None of, oh, okay, on how the many tee? on the tee? Depend, it depends on where I am and where I'm playing. <laughs> First um, hole, silver leaf. Not much. Uh, because I know, like, if I'm playing the if I'm playing the tips, I'm not reaching the bunkers, and I just hit three wood. And honestly, I hope I worked through enough things on the range that I can control my ball flight and set up the perfect way. But set up for me is a train wreck. So I try to back to what I said, not think. Because the more I just do, the more I'm able to learn. And that's how I was in the swimming pool. Um, so, and naturally, I've had better success on the golf course. Because I don't think. I just do. Right? You're athletic. You just do. The hard, the hard part about golf is that the object's just sitting there. Whereas swimming, you're sort of reacting, right? Like baseball, yeah, but, you're reacting. And but the temperature of the pool is, is exactly the same. The depth is exactly the same. The length, or well... The width of the lane lines are exactly the same. My competitors are pretty much exactly the same. So 
I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, like a golf course, like the, like the one thing that's different for me is wind, right? And, and that's one thing for me that's hard to adjust to, right? Like downwind, I feel like I've figured that part out. But into the wind, it's, it's just difficult. All right, before we get back to the interview, I want to make sure everybody heads over to the golf.com pro shop. Right now, all the Birdie Juice merch is 20% off at checkout. You don't need a code, nothing. You can pick up one of these hats, one of these tumblers, whatever you want, everything, 20% off. Go to the golf.com pro shop now. All right, well, we'd love to open it up for some questions out there. This feels like a good time. We're going to walk around here, give everyone the mic. By we, we got access you. to all these dudes so far away. Young lady, anything? Um, I'm going to say Go Babes Golf. Have you guys heard of Babes Golf? <laughs> Babes Golf? Sorry. I do have a discount code. <laughs> I don't have any questions. <laughs> I just say Babes Golf. We're introducing women to golf. So if there's any ladies out there that want to learn, check us out. And that's all, folks. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. My I wife I, my I, wife will be reaching out. To, she's a big golfer now. Big I was golfer just saying, now. Oh, I, Any, I've got my wife into golf, and it's been really fun. We, we play a ton together, so it's enjoyable. You actually just won the nine and dine I heard out at Silver Lake. Yeah, we did. We did. Champs. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was, it was hey, nice so thing. Michael Phelps, best swimmer of all time. If you're looking around the room, you see people like Colt Nost. Do you wonder if you were put into golf, what you did to swimming... If you look at his athletic Let's prowess compared to yours, here, guys. do you think you could have been as good as Colt knows if you'd have put that much effort into golf? He was, he was I think I could have won at least one tournament. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But he does hit it a lot him. straighter than I do, so he I would have dominated really the cannonball. I mean, if I got out there, the he's going to kick my ass. I know that. You I love Colt. A major. And Colt gives me the most shit, and I know he's going to give me a ton of it for that, so it's fine. But, yeah. Any inquiring minds over on this side of the room? Anyone? Anyone. Anyone? A lot of people that know everything about golf in this room, boys. Tough shit. I want to ask questions. You're not that interesting. No one cares. Anyone? All of you, pump up song in the first tee. What are you listening to? Yeah, Bones, I, get, I, uh, yeah, Bones I, get, I know you're getting hyped up out there. Yes. <laughs> anything by Dr. Dre. A little old school Dr. Dre. I'll go anything by Tool. <laughs> I'm going with uh, Toto Africa. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Uh, mine was always hip hop. Um, I was a big Biggie fan, but I don't. I, there's not one song. Um, sky's the limit was one, but yeah, something something with some meaning. Oh, I'll go Justin Timberlake. Good, good no choice. Question wow. about it. The man knows his audience. He knows the audience. But, but bones for you, as long as you've been doing this, you've been a part of. I don't even know how many wins it is. I think it's over 50 now. Do you get nervous at all going out there? I don't. I just, you know, it just occurred to me at one point when you're sitting out there on the range behind these guys that, you know, I don't have to hit a shot, thank God. So, you know, I can kind of just go through my whole thing and, you know, let them deal with that. And, uh, 
It was just not really something I ever had to deal with. One time early in Phil's career, he had a chance to break 60 in Las Vegas when there was a big financial incentive, you know, back in the day, like a magazine was putting up a million dollars for players that, you know, broke 60, which didn't happen much back then. And I remember thinking, God, I don't want to be the guy that talks him into the wrong club and it ultimately not getting to that kind of goal. But, uh, you know, fortunately, I'm just hanging out there and just enjoying the weather and uh, just chasing down some divots. Is there a guy that y'all get paired with in today's PGA Tour that you still are, like, crazy impressed with? Anybody? Just one guy you get paired with, you're like, my God, he's, he's got it. Well, certainly Rory all of a sudden has got it, you know, maybe more so than he's ever had it. Um, but I will say that having had a chance to caddy when Tiger was in his prime, I'll probably never, ever say that someone was as good as that. Um, because Tiger, at one point, I figured, was the best at every single part of golf than anybody else in the world, whether it's driving, irons, pitching, putting, mind. At one point, he could do all of the above better than anybody else in the game. I thought that was quite impressive. How many, how many golfers do you guys see nowadays actually care about a mental approach to the sport? Almost all of them. Now? Yeah, it's completely... When I started catting in the 90s, I mean, you could go to the bird's nest of the Phoenix Open and 40 guys might be in there drinking the night before a competitive round. In, in, today, that won't happen at all. It's, it's completely changed in terms of how they eat, what they think, you know. In wh- those days, they, the bartender was the sports psychologist. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. All right, we got another question over here. Okay, I'm just starting golf. It is so frustrating. I hate it. Does it ever get better? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say yes, but uh, it's still going to break your heart almost every day, right? But you'll have those shots where you'll come back and be like, oh, my God, I finally hit one the way I was thinking I was going to hit it. Um, but, yeah, I think, you mean, go find any of the guys in here. There's 100 great instructors in here that will give you the right advice. All you need is a set of fundamentals, and then you can kind of start playing off of that and being creative and, and having fun with it. Um, it's actually true. Um, but it's also like the more you hit balls, right? Like, that, and that's the biggest thing. Um, it's the only way you get the feel. But yes, it does get better. Like I, I, I will, I will admit it does get better. I know JT can admit it does. It does get better, right? Like, we've played enough. It does get better. All right, we got another one over here. Fire away, sir. Chef. Uh, Tim, uh, Michael, all for all you guys, under the gun, are you going stock shot shape or do you guys like to work it into different hole locations? And is that change off the tee or is that different for approach shots? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like my stock go-to shot was always a little lower. I grew up in Hawaii, saw the ball coming out a bit lower with some wind. So my stock shot was always a bit lower. I'd always like to take left out of play so i'd play a little fade um and that would be pretty much with with every club if i was really nervous yeah i think for me it was more a case of what was working that week you know every week's different your body feels different every week um and thus you can't swing it the same every week and and um i think that's what's tough for a lot of guys that work very hard in their goal swings they're trying to create the same swing all the time and it's just not possible I think you have to be able to adapt and work 
with different swings. So for me, it was whatever was working that week, um, particularly off the tee. Um, iron shots, if it was under the gun, he's right. A, a little fade was always the most consistent shot you could play. You could control the distance a lot better and you know, less chance of of, uh, of spraying it with a with a, a, a slight fade. But again, for me, it was more of a case of feel and what was feeling good at the time that, that I'd go with. Just commit. Again, like, I mean, for me, and this is, I'm, I'm not good, but uh, for me, it's just been committing because, again, that's the only way I'm going to learn. How am I ever going to get better? Committing to a shot, getting out of my comfort zone, picking a target, and going with it. Um, for me, playing in, in Arizona, we live here, so desert golf, target practice, picking something and just committing to it. And so wherever I go, that's typically what I try to do. Uh, all I have to say on that subject, since I don't play, is that, you know, if you're a player, you can definitely win a number of tournaments on the PGA Tour hitting just one shot. We've seen it over and over again. But if you want to win majors, it certainly helps to be able to turn the ball both ways. Bones, as a short game nerd, what, uh, who would you take up and down, JT or Phil, right now? Right now or both yeah. in prime? I mean, like, well, yeah, both in their prime. Who would you take, JT or Phil? Get it up and down for your life. You know, JT's so good, I'm not sure he's gotten to his prime yet. So maybe we can get back to that. No, they're, they're two of the best. The thing about it is they're so radically different. Phil uses spin and JT doesn't. So it's, it's fascinating to watch them, you know, uh, go at their craft. But I will say Phil was incredibly good at the really, really hard shots. And JT is much more consistent, consistent at shots that you wouldn't describe as painfully difficult. Yeah, I, I would notice that JT does a lot more of the vanilla shots really well. Right. And Phil, way more hands. And, right. And he's hitting the crazy shots that you'll see on SportsCenter and pulling them off. Yeah, yeah, no question. I once saw Phil, he was paired with Adam Scott and Tiger at the tournament there at Deutsche Bank, and he had a pitch shot from mighty 11th green, and nobody hit a shot after Phil did for like two or three minutes because everybody was like, what in the hell just happened there? So he could, he could do some cool stuff. I don't know if you remember... Um, we were paired the first two days at Wingfoot all those years ago, um, and Phil had that 64 degree at right. the time. Yeah. And I mean, he hit it all over that golf course, yes. and that rough was yes. this long. Yeah. I think we were playing with uh, Thomas Bjorn. I don't know if, I mean, you probably won't even remember that, but um, I just remember a couple of times Phil hitting it into the rough this long and going in there with a, I think he had a five wood or a seven. Yeah, five wood. And twice, I think he hit it three feet. Yep. Then he hit it up around the green, take out the 64, yeah. hit it like this. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the first weeks that he ever had that club, and it always kind of surprised me that nobody, you know, he almost won the U.S. Open hitting it incredibly poorly because of that one club you're mentioning it. And yeah. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of them since. In fact, I don't think I've seen any. Well, it's, a, it's an almost impossible club to use. Yeah, I guess it takes a little practice. <laughs> so then, like, who would you say has the most creativity that you've ever seen on tour? I mean, like, you're literally talking about wedge specialists of all time. But, like, who has the most creativity? Sorry, guys. Hi, Bones. Sorry. Hi. I, I mean, I, I'd I say, thought you were talking I'd about my Jordan creativity, speed. but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'd say speed. speed. Speed right now to me is sort of what Phil was. Um, and he's better, I think, at the standard shots, right? I think speed is like he can go really shallow, but he can also go steep with those pitch shots. 
but he hits those high ones. He hits the bunker shots unbelievable. I think he's kind of the guy right now that, that uh, sort of has it all. And he also hit a shot last year on the eighth of Pebble where he could have died in the aftermath, and I don't think anybody else in golf would have done that either. So Maybe Phil would have done that too, there though, you go. right? Maybe so. Yeah. I All right, guys, we got a question in the back here. I don't know if you can see, but this is coming from the, uh, the legend Gary McCord himself, so prepare yourself accordingly. Of the uh, nine planets in our solar system, which planet is the only one that goes counterclockwise in its rotation out of the nine? Good luck. Time's up. It's a good question. It's a good Gary question. Gary McCord, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Anyone got an answer? Pretty sure that's a safe guess, Chef. It's a good question when your brain is fried from all the drugs for the last 40 years. All right, we got any other questions out there? All right, well, first off, let's give it up for Bones. Michael Phelps, Tim Clark, Parker McLaughlin. And thank you all for being here. This has been awesome. Congratulations on being here. This is a great feat for all y'all. Hope y'all enjoy the rest of the week here in Scottsdale. There you go. Drive safely. Get the hell out. Well, Sleaze, that was one hell of a time hosting that panel with those boys. Tim Clark, Parker McLaughlin, Bones. Michael Phelps, can't thank them enough for taking time to come join us. Also, we had some super fans in the crowd. A guy named Brian Erlacher, might have heard him. Yeah. And then this other fella, which there was a lot more females there than I thought. Maybe because this guy was there. Justin Timberlake was in the house. As I said, my wife, all of a sudden around 1 p.m. that afternoon, became very interested in learning about golf and golf instruction. She literally can't tell you where the Masters is played, but she was like, I need to be, need to be at this summit. It's like, oh, really? Really? You want to, all of a sudden... Yeah, it took you a while there, babe. I told Natalie, I said, do you want to go to this event tonight? Sleaze and I are hosting. She's like, what is it? And I was like, oh, it's this golf teaching thing at Top Golf. She's like, not really. I was like, oh, one of your favorites is going to be there. She's like, who? Sleaze? She said Fleener. <laughs> I was like, no, not Fleener. I was like, he sings and dances pretty well. Fleener? And she goes, <laughs> she said Fleener again. And I sent her uh, a gif of Justin Timberlake. She goes, shut the F up. Greatest wedding present ever. I'll be there. After this deal ended and we were like talking to people and doing all this stuff, it was just funny to watch the slow migration oh my of God. every female in the thing just coming up to the front. I was like, here it comes, dude. They're all trying to wait for their little pocket, wait for the window here to get pictures. And there's just picture, 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 picture all so over the place. She was so excited to meet him. She's been to his concert a few times. Um, and I wanted to introduce her to him because she was a super fan. So I was up on the stage getting ready to go with you. And Justin came up and said hi to me. I hadn't seen him in quite a while. He's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, I'm actually getting married on Saturday. I'd love to introduce you to my fiance. She'll freak out. He's like, oh, well, bring her over. So I was like, Natalie, come over here. She starts walking over. She goes, he goes, her? Oh, I've already met her. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, you? From my DMs? Yeah. yeah you look a like, lot okay. different. With Never all mind. Those, look a lot different with all those clothes on. I was like, oh, cool. Justin, Natalie, Natalie, Justin, here's your wedding present. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, by the way, if you're going to be around and you want to maybe perform Saturday night and just play some of the greatest hits, it'd be nice. Yeah. I'll stick around. He was out at Whisper Rock the next day again playing and he was on the back patio. And I was like, you're still in town? He goes, yeah, I heard there's a wedding. I might stay and show up for it. I'm like, well, you're damn sure welcome. Yeah, I you know what? Yeah, you get a plus one, too. Maybe if old uh, Jessica wants to slide in, whatever. But it was it was really cool to have all those great teachers in Scottsdale. My, our, my guy, Randy Smith, got inducted into the Teachers Hall of Fame, which mm -hmm. was cool. But I know a lot of those guys out there use the Rap Soda Launch Monitor, which, why wouldn't you? 
It's absolutely incredible. It's number one rated personal launch monitor. Pairs Doppler radar in your iPhone or iPad camera to track and measure every shot, including a shot tracer on every swing. I think that's one of the coolest parts about it is how it films every swing. So not only do you get all yeah. your info, you can look at your swing and see how shitty it is. Yeah, you get them both in one package. You don't have to set up the phone, do all that stuff. And like I've always said, it's like every dude on tour is using something, right? A lot of guys are using TrackMan. Those cost a ton of money. This is like getting all the info that you really need as an amateur or high level amateur pro, whatever it is, you get it all in one thing, but you don't have to break the bank for it. It makes practice way more efficient and way more fun. And right now until December 4th, Rapsodo is offering a $150 discount off the MLM or a $200 discount off of the MLM and their premium subscription bundle package only at rapsodo.com. That's R-A-P-S-D-O.com. Got two options, save 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Yeah, it's a good deal. A good thing. Everyone's going to have New Year's resolutions going into the new year. If yours is to get better at golf, this is a tool that definitely helps with that. I love it. Go pick you up a rap soto. All right, let's get into some gambling. So there's your football. You finally, your boys finally didn't cover. I know. But they it, won, more importantly. That's all. I've never been so, I told you that was, as it was all going on, I was like, this one matters for a number of reasons, financially and just for my fandom. And I've never been so happy to lose a bet the non-cover the missed extra point and it costs us that's when i started to freak out would have one by three one by two no cover there from my boys but you know you live to fight another day you know back to peter Tomasulo for a second who coaches his son's flag football team which is coach and reverend i mean i was like here's the deal this is what you got to teach these kids it's not about winning or losing it's about covering yeah sometimes all that matters Sometimes maybe you need to tank, kids. Yes. There's a situation where you can benefit financially. Maybe don't give your best effort, but make it look believable. Yes. So if we're going to lose, we might as well lose by 17 instead of 14. Yes. You know, that's a valuable lesson for kiddies to learn. But we did give you a winner this week because I took the Illinois Illini. Oh, that was Michigan. smart. That could have been they almost that beat was them a close money line without a controversial call at the end. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. All right. So this week, I'm going to roll with what this team has just been absolute shit. Uh, Oklahoma State has just really been struggling the last several weeks. I know our man Hayden Wood, is he still paying off debt to you? He's hard to get on the horn to settle up on this thing, (laughs) but I got some pictures. I said, you don't start doing this thing and posting as we agreed to, and there's going to be some pictures flying around the internet, bud. So I'm going to go with West Virginia plus nine and a half against Oklahoma State this week. Okay, Big 12 country. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, I'm going to go with, speaking of teams that ain't got it right now, I'm going against one. I'm going LSU minus nine and a hook against A&M, who, by the way, is just in, like, free-fall mode. Starting the year, it was, like, national championship playoffs. They spent more money than anybody on all these players. They are in a situation – like, they're in disarray right now. On the flip side, LSU, two losses early. Now they find themselves in a spot where they're going to play for SEC championship. They could potentially still get in the college football playoffs. It's just two teams in two very different spots right now. I think LSU rolls by double digits and big double digits. I don't think – I think a and just ready for the season to be over. All right. Well, there you go. I got West Virginia. You got LSU. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah, go get the gumbo. All right. Well, everyone have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you when we return to Golf Subpar.